welcome into episode 84 of the Get Around Podcast. No lie, I was on my way into the office today, guys, and uh, I think we referenced the Matrix last week, or at least some point on this podcast, and I literally watched this squirrel run halfway across the lane and then jump up and touch an invisible wall in reverse direction Yeah. in fear. It was insane. Yeah? It, yeah, it was crazy. Like the deja vu thing in the Matrix, like you, you see it twice, then you'll know something's wrong. <laughs> then you'll really know something's wrong. Yeah, that, uh, anyway, that was my interesting story for the day. I'm your host, Brett Summers, alongside me, J- James Cook and Jake Adnif. I don't know, I was banking on you guys playing off of that yeah, somehow. I don't, know, that was, I don't know what you were going to bring up, but it that just... Was a, that was a heck of a cold open it, right it's, there. It struck me as uh, mystifying. I mean, man... I don't, I, even if it's a squirrel, I always feel so bad if something's jumping in front of my car. Like, even if it's already dead and I accidentally run over, like, roadkill. I always get the heebie-jeebies. I just, it just makes me feel bad. It's like I wish there wasn't roads for these animals to die on, but then you wouldn't get anywhere. I had a squirrel, like, staring me down on the first green <laughs> playing golf on Sunday. He's just, he's just standing there on his hind legs, just... Trying to look big and just like looking at me, like from the women's tees, almost. He was he was daring you to try to hit him. Pretty much, I, 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 was I probably always, came closer than he wanted. <laughs> I was always a fan of squirrels when I was a kid, though, because I lived with my grandma for a lot of the time. And man, you know, grandma's for bir- feeding birds and squirrels. And I mean, there was times when like we'd be like in the backyard, and we'd be able to feed like these squirrels with like peanuts or like candy out of our hands. They would eat whatever we had. Go, oh, come here, here you go. I swear, I, this is probably terrible. But I swear, I believe I fed one Reese cup to one of them once. Oh, he loved it, though. <laughs> I remember it was the bottom of the driveway, but, I mean, his name was uh, Charlie. I remember my grandma named all the squirrels. But you never saw him reenact the dojo scene with <laughs> Morpheus or anything no, like that? Not quite. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, just come up, float, and then just, like, kick you in the face, hit you with the tail. No, but... One time when I was a kid, I ran up to my mom. She was washing the car. And I ran up to her, and I had, like, a frog in one hand and a squirrel in the other <laughs> that I had caught. <laughs> And like, and I go this? and I go to like show her no, because I go to go, I go to show her and like just as I can say, hey look, my the squirrel just like bites me like right in the webbing between my. I thought you were gonna say it crapped on your hand. No. no, it just bit me like right in the webbing. Right your rabies. I did not. Well, my mom was washing the car, so then she sees this, grabs my hand, and shoves it in the bucket of like soap of soapy water. <laughs> like no disinfect. <laughs> I don't know if that's if, if a car. Shampoo disinfects it, or yeah, I don't know. Probably not, but maybe it's I the next die, brain venture. So. Disinfect your car on the outside as well. But I mean, do you guys feed birds at your houses? We never had until um, Harper got like a bird, uh, bird one of like one of those house. form bird seed things, you know, where all the seed sticks to it. Oh yeah, like yeah. it's in a shape of a bell. Yeah. And so we hung that outside of her window so that she could watch birds. I'm sure she She's really it. excited because uh, Robin built a nest on the underside of our deck, and they just hatched today. Oh, okay. But she could go and look through the crack in the top of the deck and look down into the nest. Oh, and they're nice and protected so yeah. the babies can't actually get to them. <laughs> right. We do usually until recently when a damn raccoon destroyed our bird fear and oh. I mean, it's just like, it's, like hanging on it? it's just in pieces I mean it was like wood and plastic you know like wood with with clear plastic and stuff and yeah it it just ripped the top right off and then pulled the plexiglass plastic out and broke it and how, how cold useless how cold was the punishment you served to the raccoon James I haven't seen him since then he's lucky <laughs> Yeah, you bet it is. Now we're in the market for like a metal bird feeder. Or something. Yeah. No, I uh, I always laugh. Thought you were gonna say a metal bat. <laughs> <laughs> I got a metal bat and a pellet gun. He ain't gonna catch a raccoon though. I got I got a bad James running around he's like a cartoon or like he's like uh, in Donkey Kong with a big hammer trying to hit a raccoon. And I just I always throw my leftover bread and stuff like that out back. See if I can get some deer, some birds. Always like like blue jays, red cardinals, all the colorful ones. I mean, is there canaries up here? Canaries? Yeah. Down state, you can get some yellow canaries. Like finches, you mean? I don't know. Yeah, canaries, are, finches, yes. canaries are like your indoor house bird. Yeah. There's some like, not not canaries. a parrot, but... Uh, yeah, there's some canaries yeah. out there. I don't People know. Just, I'm not... Okay, I, what, <laughs> what, what are you, are a call, minor? What are they called? What do they, <laughs> they call uh, I was bird g- watchers? Well, what is like the technical term for oh, bird watcher? 
Boy, the the word is eluding me. I know that the Audubon Society is. It starts with it starts with an A. I'm almost positive, but either way, I'm not one of those people. <laughs> Don't expect me to be able to ID birds for you. But so you, what you're saying is, uh, downriver canaries are like the boa constrictors of Florida. They're just like an invasive species because people let them out of their yeah, ca- let them out of their cages. Like, I'm done with it, and then here they go. I don't know. There's yellow birds, blue birds, red birds, black birds. Some with little colors under their wings. They're all cool, except like if they come and attack you. I could, I would not want to get attacked by birds. We saw like a huge, like one of those huge red-headed woodpeckers yesterday when we were golfing. One of those ones that's like like Woody the woodpecker, the, the pileated woodpecker. Pileated woodpecker, yeah. It was huge. Oh, I threw woodpeckers. flying over the green. How annoying are woodpeckers, though? Really cool, but oh my god, you can't get rid of them, especially if they find like a light pole behind your house. Like, yeah, this is my new favorite pole. Like, it's like months, they're back, and it's never going away. But. Sounds like you needed a pellet gun. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah, you needed need a pellet gun. <clears throat> no, I, I just try and throw a hatchet at a bird. I. I <laughs> <laughs> All right, before this open devolves into uh, too much ridiculousness, we do have some sports to talk about on this show. Uh, first, that uh, that wonderful open brought to you by Jimmy John's. Two locations in Traverse City. Freaky fresh, freaky fast. Jimmy John's, freak yeah. Why is that brought to you by Jimmy John's? <laughs> Why not? I don't think it's a bird. Maybe if, you, maybe if you get them that woodpecker, they'll put that on a sandwich for oh you. Oh, my God. They have fresh meat. <laughs> Oh my god! Freaky fresh, freaky fast. Woodpeckers on your sandwich. (laughs) I mean, that wood with how fast you know how you know how fast their face moves, they probably could stick to the hummingbirds and woodpeckers would probably be like a Jimmy John Bird slogan. There you go, Roadrunner. Yeah. If they went that route. Hey, Jimmy John's, if you're looking to rebrand, Roadrunner would probably we, be good. we got you hooked up. has an idea. Yeah. <laughs> you heard it here first, folks. <laughs> <laughs> but this last weekend, we had the uh, we had district baseball and softball. We had everything. We had everything. We had everything. Yeah. Everything. State track and field, soccer, and uh, the good news Tennis. about this is from, from Saturday onward, it gets a little less busy every day. For us, yeah. Not that we want that. I mean, we want all these schools to keep winning, but but inevitably, it will get a little less busy every day, and I'm not going to complain about that. And summer will get a little more busy for everybody else. I mean, it's kind of like an inverse for us. It's nice. We had a couple state champions in track and field. We'll talk about them later. But as for the rest of the show, uh, we do have a couple of guests coming in later. Frankfurt's Tara and Tatum Townsend, sisters, both turned in all state performances at the Division Four state finals on Saturday. Uh, Tara, younger sister Tara, won the state championship in the pole vault, uh, while Tatum finished fifth, earning that all state uh, recognition, uh, which was given out to anyone who finished in the top eight of their respective events. They'll be coming in. We've got another F Tweet of the Week segment coming up. James, I believe, uh, visits Petoskey for this one. Another uh, Hall of Fame, and uh, I mean, with some state champions being named this week, you can probably go ahead and guess who might be up for those early uh, in the show. And then uh, the trifecta, the uh, Scripps National Spelling Bee took place uh, over the last week, and uh, not without controversy, so we will delve into that a little bit as well as uh, tease forward to next week when... This podcast founder, Brendan Queeley, will rejoin us and take a seat in the host chair to be our moderator for the second annual... The Podfather will oversee the spelling bee. Yes, the second annual Get Around podcast spelling bee where we take the trickiest of names in our coverage area and try to spell them for your amusement. We should have have a pronunciation one. I'm kind of not excited anymore. This is going to get ugly. I'm, well, as bad as it was for Brendan last year, I can't imagine it getting a whole lot worse. <laughs> uh, how many in a row did he get wrong? It was like seven? I think it was almost all of them. <laughs> oh, God, it was like funny, eight, though. We gave like eight or nine. Because yeah. I had like a list that I was kind of studying off of, and I started crossing them off after he started giving them to us, or after we were done, I crossed them off. And so then I asked him the ones that he didn't ask that were on our list, and uh, didn't work out it so didn't well. go well. I mean, it went well. 
<laughs> for us. Yeah, right. For us, yeah. For entertainment purposes. Oh, that's and that's how it was. Yeah, we yeah, with uh, he did moderate the whole thing, and then we we bombed him at the end. Yeah. We'll jump back to baseball and softball. Get on the diamond here to kick things off. And we've got nine baseball teams and five softball teams that advance to regionals as district champions. I suppose I could go through and just list those off real quick before we talk about them. You have Traverse City West uh, in baseball, defeating TC Central in extra innings. Petoskey moves on. Boyne City moves on. Traverse City St. Francis, Central Lake, Cadillac, Gaylord St. Mary, Johannesburg Lewiston, Glen Lake, and potentially Manistee Catholic or Brethren. As of this recording, uh, that district was postponed due to weather. We're still waiting to hear uh, what happened from that one. So out of those nine district baseball championships, gentlemen, any of those surprise you at all? I guess I think the one that was the big, that was up in the air the most for me, and it kind of looked like it at the end, was that Division One district with Central and West. Uh, you know, with Central losing a couple guys throughout the year, you know, we talked about Sam Schmidt, that was a big loss. West started to put it together. I think they rolled some of that momentum uh, off of beating St. Francis on, what was it, Thursday? Uh, but I, I think that they just started playing baseball at the right, good baseball at the right time. They came out of that district and, I mean, it even took extras for them to get past Central. Uh, but nonetheless, they did. I think, I, I wouldn't say it was surprising that they won, but I think it was just surprising because I wasn't quite sure who was going to come out of that Division One district. Both teams have kind of been, you know, pretty equal in my eyes all year, so them coming out is probably the most quote-unquote surprising, but a lot of these other districts, I mean, I think the best team came out of them. I think if we would have kind of done a prediction here, I think we could have chose at least a few of these teams, uh, but none of them actually really surprised me because the, the ones who came out are more highly skilled, uh, more, some of the more highly skilled teams in our area. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm not necessarily surprised, but I, th- I think the you know, I thought that Alpina would have a pretty decent chance of being in there. I mean, I don't know if I necessarily call it an upset of Central beating them, but one to nothing against Alpina is a, is a nice outcome for them. Um, I mean, you know, Big North has been a three-team race kind of this season with Central West and Alpina. And Consider the fact, though, that the Trojans are missing Sam Schmidt. Yeah. I think that adds to that a little bit, yeah, too. Yeah, I mean, Marty McDonald threw a gem in that game, uh, you know, just completely shut Alpina's offense down. And then, and then the other, and we're talking about the Big North being a three-team race, and then the other two teams go and win districts, Cadillac and Petoskey. So you had three teams in the Big North one win districts. Now the other one, I guess, is the St. Francis one, in that you had Kingsley against St. Francis in that district final. I, you know, I thought maybe that game might be a little bit, a little bit closer, but um, you know, St. Francis was able to get the bats going a little bit early in that game, get a lead, and then just kind of, kind of go from there. But man, Kingsley is going to be dangerous for the next, like, two years. Yeah, that should be really good. That team is, like, all sophomores. Yeah, and, I mean, they, they, they took the Northwest Conference title over Glen Lake, who went and won mm-hmm. themselves a district. Uh, it's not like they fell anywhere short of expectations this year. I think they exceeded them. Yeah, I mean, and, and you know, both coaches pointed out, you know, that St. Francis is, like, all seniors. Eight of their starters are seniors. The only one that's not is Colin Endress. And uh, and Aiden Schmuckle, who starts at, at catcher sometimes when or DHs sometimes, yeah. yeah. And uh, so those are the only two non-seniors that that start for them. And you know, Kingsley has a bunch of seniors that play for them, but a lot of their production comes from their sophomores still. Of the nine teams that we still have left after what you see in the regular season and going into the super regional games here coming this week, I mean, who do you think has the most momentum, or who do you think is going to be able to keep pushing on, probably into the state quarterfinals and? maybe even to the Final Four. I mean, I think you still have to look at Gaylord St. Mary as maybe having the best odds to do that. You know, I'd, I'd like to say a team like St. Francis, the way they took care of a talented Kingsley team, 6-1. to one, uh, But I'm just not, I'm not sure that St. Francis carries the same star power that it has had the last couple of years. They still have a lot of good players, but they've had some down moments here at the end of the season, I know they were challenged by Tom Passano in the non-conference game against Traverse City Central about needing to be play better. And you know, if you don't, you're you're not even going to make it out of districts. And I mean, they certainly seem to have regathered a little bit. Um, but I, I guess I'm just I'm curious to uh, see how those regionals go for St. Francis. I'm not going to be surprised at all if they 
you know, make it out of the regional. But I just, I can't, I don't know that I could go as far to say as they, you know, have the best odds to make it out of regionals. Yeah, I would say St. Mary. I mean, yeah. they, they've done it how many years? Three years in a row yeah, at three least? Three years in a row. Uh, you know, so, and again, kind of like Kingsley, they have a very young team as well. I mean, their team is very junior dominated this year, so they got probably one more year adding on to that streak. You know, I think St. Francis can do it. It's just a matter of how many times can you throw Colin Endress. Yeah. Um, you know, they'll be able to throw him on Wednesday, and then they'll be able to throw him in one of the games on Saturday, but you're going to have to play two yeah. on Saturday. So you got to be able to find a, another team in that region that you can throw somebody else against and win. Yeah, or really really need some early leads so you can bring, bring somebody like Keaton Peck in and do a couple innings each game of relief and... Mm. That could help. And they got, I mean, they got some other good arms. I mean, they've got Bradfield, they've got Pritchard, they've got Peck. You know, Danny Passano's even pitched a little bit here and there for him from close out a few games. But, you know, the way Endress pitched against Kingsley, though, was impressive. Yeah. He, he brings it up there, and he doesn't even look like he's really exerting himself when he throws. You know, some kids make, like, the weird faces and everything because they're just, you know, just so... I'm just trying to juice it. Yeah, and everything like that. And he just looks like he's just lobbing it up there, and yeah. it's still coming pretty hard at those guys and, and they're not catching up to it. I but. do I do think you'd have to take a pretty good look at Boyne City too. I'm actually I haven't seen the regional. I'm not exactly sure who they're coming up against, but just knowing a little St. bit. St. Francis. Yeah. Okay. So now is that the semifinal? And I saw that, that, that no, that'll be, that'll be the Wednesday game. It's the super regional game. And okay. I can I can tell you guys from experience that is gonna be one heck of a game. Yeah. yeah, that's going to be Endress versus Hills. Yeah. And that's going to be low scoring, I think. Yes. <laughs> and then, I mean, that's a repeat of the game that I saw earlier this year that went into extras, and then the second game got postponed. You guys know that, that, that gif of Jack Nicholson where he's like, Yeah. Yeah, the you, red know, rum, you know what I'm talking the about. The red rum gif. <laughs> that's uh, <laughs> that's Boyne City looking down the pipe at St. Francis that's, right now. Well, that's that's me looking at that matchup. Oh. And, you know, we, we thought when they played earlier in the season that we might get that Endress-Hills uh, matchup, and we didn't. So this this is the matchup that we were talking about the, at the beginning of the season when we did our baseball preview show then, and uh, we're finally, finally going to get it. I mean, Boyne City's a quality team. They that that's the one thing I was going to bring up. We didn't quite get to my, my thing. I was going to talk about St. Francis. I mean, they, I think they only ended up with six losses on the season, and they beat some pretty good upper echelon teams. But I was going to say a team like Boyne City took them all the way down to the last second. Well, and and, I, and, and at no point did did St. Francis look to out out game or outmatch the Ramblers. So I mean, I think that's our our most interesting you know super regional or, or regional game. Well, and I I know you know not the teams aren't completely identical but when you talk about a school that doesn't have fear of St. Francis it's Boyne City they've gone toe-to-toe with the gladiators uh in numerous sports uh and come out on top you know more than once more than more than <laughs> most others more than most others so uh this this is yeah this qualifies as a juicy matchup I think then on the softball side of things, we had five district champs. And it sucks as James is going to go watch that game. You can fight him for it. I mean, I already went and saw them once this year. I let him do that. You guys <clears> want to start a fight club to determine who goes Plus to the game? But five district softball champs. Boyne City made it both sides, baseball and softball, capturing district titles. Uh, Kingsley defeated T.C. St. Francis. East Jordan top Bel Air. Johannesburg Lewiston doubled up. Uh, 6-4 winners over Hillman. And number five, Onekama, a 1-0 win eked out over Bear Lake. Surprises there. The one, one thing I do really find interesting, Boyne City is the one school of every buddy that we cover that won districts in all three sports on Saturday because they won soccer. soccer too. That's, that's pretty impressive to do all at the same time, and the soccer team hasn't done it for quite a while. Ramblers are rolling. A yeah, yeah. good spring sports cleanup session. Ramblers be rambling. Back um, rambling. I saw a meme the other day and it was like Bramble Jam. Like, oh my god. <laughs> Any word you could make up for the beginning of that song is hilarious. Sorry. You talking Black Betty? Yeah. Okay. Bramble Jam. <laughs> I think the fact that Kingsley beat Kalkaska so handily. But, but so handily, yeah. yeah. I mean twelve to two. Uh, you know, I figured that would be a pretty good game coming in. You know, I was just a little surprised at that. Um, you know, and then they, they went to the final. They got past St. Francis. Uh, you know, and that's just... St. Francis I, a bit down. 
Yeah, yeah, true. Yeah, St. Francis this season has not been what St. Francis has been like a couple of years ago. Um, but I, I just didn't expect Kingsley to beat Kalkaska by 10. No, especially after what Kalkaska was still once again able to do in the league season, during mm-hmm. the regular season. They've only had three losses um, in, in league the entire year. Kind of rolled through everybody else. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's kind of that, that's definitely outcome-wise unexpected, but I still don't know yeah. if I would have saw them winning the district. I, I mean, the game that I think I was, once again, most up in the air about, kind of like I said for, for baseball, was the Division Four Softball. At ba- yeah, at Bear Lake. I'm saying, like I said for baseball, oh. like instead of more of like a surprise, um, I was more in the air, up in the air about the Onekama Bear Lake District Final. I mean, with Bear Lake, with Haley May, all those girls out there. Abby uh, Cross. Yeah, uh, uh, Haley Waller, or Shaley Waller, sorry. Um, and then with Onekama, with Sophie Wisniewski, who that's why they won that game against Bear Lake. Was with his Niski on the mound and shut. I mean, I think I think Bear Lake only had one hit in the game, uh, but that that was I, I I would say that was probably the best uh, district final that we had this past weekend. Either one of those teams coming out of those district that district I think have a have a shot of continuing on, um, winning another regional game and keep on moving. Uh, both in Nekoma and Bear Lake were very good. I agree with James on the I guess a little bit of surprise of of how easily Kingsley handled that district. But I did want to talk about something that's a little bit disappointing. And not that I thought uh, Charlevoix was <coughs> the favorite or going to win uh, the district with Point City by any means. But just disappointed that Charlevoix season comes to an end because so too does the stacking of stolen bases by Charlevoix's Hannah Solomon. Yeah, I'm pretty sure by season's end she eclipsed 80. I'm nearly positive as well. Maybe mid-80s. Uh, I did look it up. You know, we talked about this at the when we did our softball draft a couple episodes back. You know, we had to check the record books, and so I did. And at the time when she had, I believe she was sitting at seventy-eight. Uh, she was that would put her sixth all-time in a single season uh, for stolen bases. She would have had to get another ten, I think, to eighty-eight to get into the top three, if I remember correctly. That could have happened. And I can't remember the girl's name, but I knew that, I mean, I guess if Charlevoix would have made, like, a run to a state championship game and she was just continued to rack up stolen bases, it maybe would have been possible. But the single-season all-time leader, I can't remember even or what school she came from, but 115 stolen bases in one season. That was like... Is that in a league with no catchers? <laughs> that, that was like... Coach pitch? <laughs> that was like 20 ahead of second place. Just wow. unbelievable. 115 stolen bases. But so is whatever, 84, 85, whatever. Yes. Whatever yeah, I mean, it's, it's... Oh, my it's God. At, at worst, it's top six all and time. And probably the best ever from Northern Michigan. So I'm just a little disappointed that her team... Couldn't find more success to allow her to have more success because I, I like seeing local kids do uncommon things. But they did they did beat Elk Rapids twenty three to zero in the district semifinals. But so. she only had two steals in that yeah, game. I was gonna say when I saw the score, I was like, oh my god, Hannah Solomon's gonna have like seventeen steals in one game. <laughs> and they she, didn't need her. To she run. only yeah, she only had two. I was gonna say the, the bases were probably loaded. There probably wasn't bases to run to. When that many runs are coming in, yeah. Or they just said it's ten to nothing. We're not gonna run anymore. Yeah. It's district playoffs. They should have been up like nine to nothing. Have her come up single, and then try to get her to steal every base all the way home. Just to see if she just to see if she could. A walk off. It's pretty hard to to steal home in softball, but (laughs) it's possible. I don't know if I've ever actually seen it done. Not in person, at least. I've had people try to steal home on me when I was a catcher, and that just is not going to happen. You do get pretty nervous. When you see them, well, I guess in softball you can't because they can't leave the base till after the ball or until after it's, after it's gone. But uh, in baseball, when you see that guy coming down the line, you know he's breaking. Man, you better hope it's not a really bad curveball in the dirt because you got your mind somewhere else for a second. So, hey, it's possible. We already addressed one soccer team that is moving on in Boyne City, uh, district title winner. The other, Elk Rapids. Not surprising at this point. I mean, not considering the run that the this program record. has been on under head coach Andrea Krakow for years now. This is, uh, I'm sure she doesn't view it this way, but it feels almost a given at this point that Elk Rapids soccer is going to be playing 
in a regional. Now the question is, can they get through the regional? It's yeah. the same question we've asked for, asked for years. Four straight districts for, for Oak Rapids. Well, and then if they win this next regional semifinal game, it would be four straight regional final games for them, too. So, got to get over that hump. They got familiar foes in the regional playoffs, so hopefully they can work something out. I mean, compared to last year, I'm not sure they have quite the chances. I mean, they still have the same defense. Still got Drew Ancliffe in that. Got Kendall Brown and what's her name? Kyla Pride. Yeah, Kendall Brown and Kyla Pride. And as we discussed off the air, I mean, in soccer, if you have a good defense, you can win any game. Any game. All you need is one goal. And and, and as we saw, I mean, just like TC West, they lost their uh, district against Midland this past weekend. They scored their first goal 33 seconds in basically on, on the start. And, yeah, good defense after that. That's all you need. You know, but uh, instead they lost three to one. Yeah, they've had some. But Elk, we'll go back to Elk Rapids. They've had some pretty heartbreaking losses in the last <sighs> few. Re- the last few regional finals, extra overtime, time, overtime shootouts. shootouts yeah, yeah, so I mean, I'm sure that they. I mean, I know, I know. I've I've talked to Coach Krakow a few times. I know that they have been eyeing this exact situation for the whole year. I, she's been eyeing it for several <laughs> years. Uh, it's about now. They just. I remember they saying after the the game last year when they when they lost she's like it's all like we just need to get over this hump and i'm sure it's the exact same attitude the, and, and they come into this game as the underdog yeah i mean houghton lake is ranked higher than them this season they've only lost i think once or twice all year and they're ranked number seven i think elk rapids is 12 12 or 14 something like that and even though they've beaten houghton lake the last two years in regionals they're going to come in as uh, as the underdog to them the other parallel that I'm drawing in this situation, though, Jake, because you said, you know, this team is maybe not as loaded as it's been the last couple of years is maybe that doesn't always matter because I'm thinking back to boys' basketball season and the team that, you know, Frankfurt had the last two years uh, that didn't make it out of districts that, you know, we thought could potentially push to you know, Final Fours, that type of thing. And then this year you get a, a group of five starters who had never started before, and they make it all the way to the state championship game. So you got a fair point. So, sometimes. Maybe that, maybe that is the trick. Sometimes a new group just figures it out better. Yeah, or, you know, sometimes you become more cohesive of a unit. Maybe when you don't have a bunch of superstars, you really do need to work more as a team, and that's how some – I mean, I know most coaches would at least prefer their teams to go with, and that, that's how they plan to win games. You know, that's why they – game plan and scout and do all these things the right way so they can work as a team and beat the other ones. It's not always about, you know, who's the most talented, especially when it comes to a soccer game. Yeah, and we'll see if the depth plays any factor here too because, I mean, Elk Rapids has had a couple of injuries here and there throughout the season, so they had to play some people on their bench. And I think now that those people are back and healthy, they've got that full team and they, they rotate people a lot. So they're they're using those people that got that experience from playing in place of injured players and 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 they're just looking to, to wear people down, play defense and wear people down by putting, you know, just keep rotating people in and out of the game and keep it tired. As we kind of mentioned earlier, the other team that is going to be in the regionals is Boyne City, and I know James and I had talked about this, and they, they took down a really good Kingsley team uh, this past weekend who, who'd been pretty hot. We know won their, or won their conference title. Boyne City beat them, you said 5-0, yeah. right? And yeah, points that he beat them. Yeah, five zero, and they and they beat Elk Rapids both times they played yeah. in the regular season too to to win the Lake Michigan. Mm-hmm. So I mean, this is this seems like Boynes Boynes year. Yeah, I mean, I I would that, that's two games till they're in the final four. So you get out of regionals, you're looking pretty. You're, you're looking pretty. Yeah, and I believe this was the first time Boyne won a girls' soccer district. So uncharted territory for the Ramblers. Yeah, that's always exciting. I mean, that's that that's. Sometimes I sometimes I feel like that could play a bit of a a more fire in the you know fire in the boots role or whatever fire in your pants I don't know. Um, it's on fire somewhere. Yeah, somewhere on fire doing something is you know first time he goes hey like trailblazers this is this is us we can do this but I, I think Bo- I think Boyne City has a, a good shot of making it to a final four. Yeah. Well, unfortunately, we don't have uh, any ability or time to go through every single one of even the All-State finishers across the four divisions at Saturday's track, track and field finals. Well, we know how long it took you to write that up, so we would not want to take that onto an audio podcast. Yeah, so I just want to uh, recognize you know, those athletes who either had a runner-up finish or won a state title. And uh, on the boys' side, no state champs, uh, but we had three runners-up in Division One: Gaylord's Demetrius Miller, 
Uh, finished second place in the discus with a throw of 173 feet, 11 inches. Then you had Frankfurt's Xander Stockdale in Division 4, uh, finishes runner-up in the pole vault at 13 feet, 6 inches. And the third uh, was Ellsworth's Isaiah Romine uh, in the 800, uh, who had a time of 1 minute, 58.23 seconds at the Division 4 meet. So three state runners-up uh, on the boys' side. And then on the girls, we did have uh, two state champs. And one of those we will have in the podcast room here in just a couple of seconds. Uh, but first, uh, East Jordan's uh, shot putter, Maggie Stevenson, won the Division Four title with a throw of 40 feet, 4.25 inches. And that was a pretty dominant performance considering the uh, second-place finisher was over two feet behind her. And then in Division Three, girls, we had three runner-up finishes. Uh, Boyne City's Josie Bailing was second in the 400, 58.04 seconds. Kingsley's Brittany Bowman in the 100 hurdles at 16.04. Uh, she was beaten by just over a tenth of a second, so a really close race. And Kingsley's Austin DeWeese in the high jump at five feet, four inches. So two state champs, six runners up. What was it, 58 all-staters? 58 all-state performances. And that obviously includes not necessarily athletes because some athletes doubled up. Uh, some were relay events that had four athletes, uh, but 58 all-state performances. But so now I would like to welcome in uh, that other state champion, the pole vaulter, Tara Townsend, and her sister Tatum Townsend, who also finished All-State in the pole vault, a fifth-place finish. Uh, they made the drive up from Frankfurt to join us in the Get Around Podcast studio today. Let's go ahead and give that a listen now. I'm excited to welcome in two Frankfurt Panthers to the Get Around Podcast studio for this episode 84 of the Get Around and those are Tatum and Tara Townsend, uh, both named All-State on Saturday at the Division Four State Track and Field Finals. Uh, Tara won the pole vault. Uh, Tatum, fifth place. Did you both have... Well, first, thanks for, for being here. Appreciate you coming in. Did you both think that that was the, what was going to happen going into Saturday? Um, I definitely didn't expect first place. It was definitely a awesome feeling but I mean just looking at the lineup I guess it was I mean kind of cool to know ahead of time kind of generally where you were going to place but how about you Tatum fifth place sort of an idea or a a goal or, or what were you shooting for I mean I was glad I got fifth honestly it was it was pretty good for what I thought I would get so I got my usual like nine six which would place me around fifth. So, yeah, I got what I thought I did. And then just what's what's that like going through that process together? I mean, both of you, sisters, earning all state honors, one being named state champ. I mean, that doesn't just happen every day. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's great to have each other to, like, support. Yeah. I like it a lot. I mean, it's really nice because she's always there to catch my pole. And yeah. when I get angry, she's like, Tara, don't. Control, you know, I gotta. But yeah, she's always there, so it's nice. How much is that? Uh, I guess uh, the need to refocus between attempts. I mean, obviously, you're always pushing to get as high as you can, so you're never not gonna miss. Yeah, I mean, after every, whenever you miss, it's kind of hard because I mean, it's stressful because you're like, I mean, I only have two more attempts. What if I don't make it? But I mean, refocusing. Yeah. I mean. Just you just got to do it, I guess. Don't think about it too much because then it gets super stressful and that's not fun. So does she check you, Tatum, as well, do you, or do you not get as frustrated? I mean, I do get frustrated. I don't really show it, though. So, I mean, I'm, I can control myself a little, little better, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Your older, more mature one, is that the deal? Sure, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, now... You guys also have the opportunity to be coached by your dad, who's the pole vault coach. He's standing back here as we do this interview. 
were you introduced to the event by your dad or how did that all come about? Because I know pole vault in a lot of cases, even if there are track meets, say at the middle school age or whatever, that's not typically an event done. So how, how did, how did you guys come about, uh, taking to the pole vault? Um, yeah, it was, it was definitely our dad who suggested it and yeah, coached us along the way. Yeah. And we, we've had past family members, like on my mom's side, her cousin was a very great pole vaulter. And I mean, it, I guess it's kind of been in the family and it's always looked like an interesting sport. So I definitely was down to try it. I mean, and mm-hmm. I just watching Tatum for all those years kind of just felt like I belonged there, I guess. So for each of you, uh, Tatum, you can start the first time that you attempted to pole vault or as you began to learn it, what was the biggest surprise about the event? That there was other people doing it. I don't know. It seemed like a strange sport to me because, like, I don't know, not a lot of people do it, but there was actually a lot more people that did it than I thought there was. Tara? Um, I mean, nothing really came as a surprise to me. I mean, I never thought I would get that high, I guess, like over a bar. I mean, it was, I don't know. I mean, it's always been really fun, so nothing has been just weird. So. Do you guys love pole vaulting, or are you just good at it? <laughs> I love pole vaulting. I think it's really fun. Yeah. I mean, Enjoy it a lot. Yeah, and the people are always really nice, and they're never, like, angry if you clear more than they do. I, I mean, they're always really proud of you no matter what, so. Aside from clearing the bar, what's the most fun thing about pole vaulting? Getting up really high, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I always like landing on the mat, too. I mean, make it or not, it's fun to just land on a giant cushion, so. <laughs> <laughs> now, as far as a spectator goes, I think pole vaulting is the most visually appealing of the sports yeah. in track and field. Obviously, you know, you got the sprint to start, you're working with this oddly long piece of equipment. You're going very high up in the air, coming down on the mat, like you said. Uh, is there any fear, or do you have to conquer a fear early on when you're learning how? Sometimes my steps will be off, and that's always a struggle because if you're under or out, it can obviously like damage something or mess up your arm or break a pole. But um, other than that, I've never been afraid to get upside down. I don't know about yeah, no, there's never really any fear when it came to that. Yeah. So what's the very first thing you have to learn to become a start becoming a pole vaulter? Because it doesn't seem like a natural thing, no, necessarily. Definitely just carrying the pole at first, that, that can be a struggle for a lot of people. And then just learning when and where to plant it. And then from there you just gradually learn the swing leg and then getting actually getting upside down, and it just takes a lot of time, but... Yeah, there's a lot of different techniques you need to learn to pole vault. Like, there's even stuff you need to do in the air, like swinging your leg as hard as you can and keeping your arms, like, close to you. It's it's a lot. So are you guys doing a lot of summer camps, going to things like that to work on it, or just being at home with your dad or, you know, going over to Frankfurt and working on it? Or, I mean, what exactly is the training regimen for pole vaulting? Um, last year we went to a summer camp. It was KP summer camp. We went every, like, two days a week. Yeah, he has a lot of very good athletes there, and we've gotten a lot of help with from him. So, I mean, that's definitely a plus. And we did get a pole vault pit at home. I mean, it's kind of hard because, I mean, we have other things outside of pole vault. But, I mean... Yeah, definitely constantly working on drills and strength. We also have a coach, uh, Mr. Schindler, at our school who sets up a program for us to get stronger and faster. Mr. Kimes, he's great. I mean, he's definitely helped us during the season, Yeah, which is uh, a big help because we definitely need that inside and out. So how much does the home pole vault get used? And, and, and what kind of goes into or what kind of went into making that? Um... We didn't use it that much this summer. I mean, we were working a lot, so we didn't have much time, but, yeah. <laughs> and is it a full-on, you got the you got the pit, you got the cushion, you got everything? Yeah. Yep. Just use the driveway as a running and the, yeah, for running on. Yeah. So who has to do the bar then? Uh, we haven't used a bar yet, just a bungee, but, I mean, you just loop it up there and just try to get over it. I mean. 
you guys did mention having other things to do. Now, maybe you were referencing things outside of track and field, but within track and field, you've also ha- have other events. You guys were two legs of the four by one on yeah. Saturday, right? Four by two. Four by two. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, would it would you find it helpful, or would you prefer to be focusing all of your time and effort on pole vaulting, or do you like having other events to do as well? I mean. I enjoy running, like, relays, but it would be nice to just, like, be able to focus on pole vault. I mean, personally, I do like the relays. I think it's very nice to have, like, more than just a single event, focusing on one thing, one person, because the team definitely helps out a lot, and they're always really supportive, and, like, they understand, like, we have two things going on. But I think the relays are fun, too. So I heard one time when you were in practice, you were, uh, you were doing, I think, the 400 relay, and uh, you guys were using uh, an, just a stick <laughs> as a baton instead of an actual baton because you didn't want to go back to the yeah. shed and get the baton. <laughs> yeah, I was like, uh, okay, we kind of need a baton, you know, but they're, I mean, it's pretty far away, so I was like, you know, there's a nice stick. We, we, we could just use that. <laughs> it was like a perfect length, so yeah. like, might as well. <laughs> Coach didn't even notice. I mean, we had a nice handoff, and she's like, that was, is Is that that a stick? stick? (laughs) (laughs) That's great. (laughs) Didn't have any bark on it or anything? It was just not even, or just? I mean, it's pretty smooth, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So regionals, you had uh, Jacob Walrad breaks his pole before regionals. How did he do that? I mean, he was warming up, and I don't know, he just went up and, like, his pole just, like, snapped into, like, three different pieces. Yeah. Luckily, he landed in the mat, though. I so. think he was definitely under. I mean, it was yeah. cold. It was really cold and kind of wet, so he must have slipped and just snapped it and landed right on his back in the on the mat, luckily. Yeah. yeah. So. Did he have a backup, I'm assuming? You guys have a backup? Yeah, or do you have to use somebody else's? Yeah. or? He but. had another pole that he could use. Yeah. So. It was a bigger pole, though, which is always a struggle starting off on the next pole, you know. Because Bend is the, my sister pole vaulted, so I maybe know this much. Uh, but, I mean, getting Bend, that's that's the biggest key, right? Yeah. Yeah, you definitely want Bend. So is that more a product of making sure you have the, the right pole suited to you, or is it actual uh, strength as far as, you know, pulling on it to to get that Bend to fling you over? I mean, it's a little bit of both. I mean, you need some strength, and then... I mean, you want the pole to bend a little so it can, like, push you up over the bar and stuff. Yeah, I mean, either you move the pole or the pole moves you. <laughs> <laughs> and you'd rather move the pole? I would, yeah, personally. <laughs> <laughs> so as far as Saturday went, I know you said you didn't, you know, you weren't expecting to win a state title. Did you, was that ever a goal in your mind, or would it have become a goal in your mind I, uh, after this year? or? or? Yeah. I definitely wanted to win. I, I didn't, I don't know, I don't, it's hard to think during those things. I just, I was like, after I cleared the 10-6, which was the technically winning height, I guess, I was like, I just won that. I mean, it was a weird feeling, and I was like, got to keep going, you know, because I want a PR, but I, I don't know. It was a goal, I suppose. So, so how did you guys celebrate the All-State performances and the championship afterward well we had an open house to go to so that was fun yeah. and then we slept yes yeah, <laughs> not a lot of celebrating yeah i know <laughs> well you guys had rain delays at the oh, yeah. at the finals right yeah so you spent a lot of time in the team truck <laughs> yeah. yep i mean it was kind of nice just to give you like a break in between like we had a relay our relay and then there was a delay so I had a break from that to instead of just going right to pole vault, I mm-hmm. got to have a little rest, which was kind of nice. And there was mm. food in the car, so that was good. Yeah. Oh, nice. <laughs> <laughs> so who won playing charades? Um, I mean, I I wasn't supposed to talk. I guess we were supposed to just act it out, and so I like wasn't allowed to play anymore. But <laughs> I don't know. I, I didn't win. I don't know. <laughs> what are the, the coach said you played a whole bunch of games in the in the truck. What other games did you guys use to or play to pass the time? Uh-huh. We played heads up, too. Yeah. And then there's a sentence game where you gotta just keep going with the sentence and like remember what the last person said. That went on for a really long time, and 
Oh, it's kind of boring, but I appreciate her efforts trying to <laughs> make fun. Was that almost kind of a, a strange meet? Because I would imagine that with it being the state finals, maybe there's a little more anxiety or emotion behind it, but then the weather kind of dampens that. Like, what was, what was the vibe, I guess, of the day? The weather kind of took the stress away almost, except when we got back after, like, the second delay, the poles were wet, which that kind of scared me a lot. Mm-hmm. But I mean, good thing we had, like, this powder stuff that we could put on our hands so, like, we wouldn't slip. So it yeah. worked really well. And we had towels to dry everything off. I mean, mm-hmm. everything worked out fine. So just knew not to stress about it because that would just make it worse. But I mean, it's kind of cool to see all the tents just flying over the fences and all yeah. that. Yeah. Oh, it was windy, too. Yeah. It was very windy. <laughs> Does wind help or hurt when you're pole vaulting? I mean, if, it, if the wind's coming from behind, it, like, helps you a little bit so you can run a little faster. But um, by the time we were pole vaulting, it wasn't really that windy, I don't think. Yeah, very bipolar weather, I would say. <laughs> just wind yeah. kind of stopped, and I was like, okay, let's go now because it's the time to go. And then, Yeah. You guys didn't lose your tent, though? No. Yeah, ours ours and Glen Lake were the only tents that were standing. Like, all the other tents were just, like, broken. Yeah. It's pretty great. It was horrible, but, I mean, <laughs> kind of funny. <laughs> <laughs> we should have rubbed it in with the other teams. Yeah. Yeah. yeah we we win the 10th state championship, too. <laughs> yeah. So who's the best pole vaulter at Frankfurt? Boys or girls are just... Just in general? I don't know. <laughs> uh... I mean, mm-hmm. that's a hard one. I mean, Xander and Jacob have been kind of, like, getting different heights. I mean, Xander would win one meet, and then Jacob would win one meet, I think. Yeah, because yeah. even after breaking his pole, he won regionals. Yeah, Jacob did, was, right? Yes. And then Xander finished second at state finals mm-hmm. and everything. So, yeah, they've so, been kind of going back and forth all year. Yeah. But they're, they're pretty good. <laughs> Time for the Freaky Fast Five. A nod to our sponsors at Jimmy John's uh, for our everyday Audible viewers. You know that uh, we just asked some random rapid-fire questions of our guests here, so we've got five uh, picked out for Tatum and Tara, and uh, we'll ask each to answer. Tatum, I'll start with you on this first one. What was the funniest or most embarrassing way that you've ever been injured? I mean, it wasn't that bad of an injury, but um, when I went up for um, pole vaulting, I, like, I don't. It was super windy, so it was blowing against me. So I was going up, and then I stopped like in midair and started going oh, backwards. So, and then I didn't let go of my pole, which you should let go so that you land on the mat. But I just kept holding on, and I just like rolled onto the uh, runway and just like scraped up my leg. So that was super embarrassing. <laughs> that sounds terrifying. Also, <laughs> yes. being stuck at the top of the pole. Yeah. Tara. Well, I mean, actually, I was just on the track and. All my relay members were like running away from me, and I was like, "Ah, wait, guys!" And I was tying my shoe, and I get up and I just step on my hand with my spike, and it just like scrapes my finger, and I'm like, "That that's pretty embarrassing." And then I just keep going, but it hurt. All right, if you were a character from Star Wars, which one oh. would you be? Oh, okay, I would. Can, be... If if you don't like if you don't watch Star Wars, we can change it to some other movie. Oh, why would I you think not? Tara's I think Tara's ready to go on this. <laughs> All one. right. Yeah. Okay. I would be Chewbacca because he's just he's just so awesome. I love the noises he makes. I just make random noises sometimes. I'm just. <laughs> he's really tall though. I don't know if I'll ever be like that, but I mean, he's best character hands down. Do you have a Chewbacca impression for us? I... <laughs> uh, no, unfortunately I don't. <laughs> All right, I had to ask. Tatum. <laughs> Uh, I don't know. I don't. I don't know the characters that well. Maybe like. I don't know their names. Like. Tara's giving Tatum the uh, "come on" <laughs> face. Yeah, a little bit of the evil eye, almost. Yeah. Um. Maybe like R two D two. I guess. Mm. Uh, you know. Solid choice. <laughs> yeah. the, most, the most profane character in movie history. Every word he says is bleeped out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> What is a buy one, get one free sale that you can't pass up? There's always, like, pants, like sweatpants. I feel like those are, not sweatpants, but, like, jeans. It's, like, buy one, get one free. Yeah, they're usually pretty expensive, so yeah. get one's free. It's she always nice. buys it, and then I get the one free. So. <laughs> oh, okay. That's how I think it works. Mm. <laughs> sure. Okay, well, this one's sort of related to clothing. So, 
Uh, what piece of clothing or accessory can someone wear that immediately makes you have a bad opinion of them? <laughs> I don't know if it's considered clothing, but like the loop earrings that just have like, Oops. no, they're like oh, like when there's a big old hole in your ear or whatever. Yeah, I mean. Uh, gauge. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah gauge. Yeah. And I mean, it's it's whatever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or like when people it is pretty their, true. It is. It's yeah. just yeah, whatever. It's a strange yeah. style. Or when people like pull their socks up all the way to their knees. I mean, I used to do that in basketball season, but uh, I don't know. <laughs> you have one? Mm. No, not For really. Like, the socks things. Do you guys do that? I feel like you do that. I don't want to offend you with socks. Oh, yeah. No. <laughs> well, like, with socks, like, no. the mismatched <laughs> socks. Like, oh, I hate when people, like, people need to match their socks. I mean, it's not that hard. <laughs> That's fair. It does seem pretty basic. <laughs> <laughs> That's four, right? I've done two. And I've done two. Okay, this, this one has become rather traditional. Gets asked every so often, but how do you feel about putting pineapple on your pizza? <sighs> Gross. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I I don't know. It, uh, I mean, I've I don't do that. <laughs> yeah, I've never really tried it, but like I don't want to because it does not go together. It's just. <laughs> All right, awesome guys, Tatum, Tara, we really appreciate you uh, dropping by the studio to have this conversation. Congratulations on the all-state performances on Saturday. It was great having you here. Another big thank you to Frankfurt's Tara and Tatum Townsend for joining us in the Get Around Podcast studio for episode 84. Always great to have our local standout athletes uh, drop by the studio so that you, our Audible viewers, get to know them a little bit better. That conversation brought to you by Jimmy John's. Two locations in Traverse City. Order a tasty sandwich today with the Jimmy John's app. Time to get into our app tweet of the week. For those of you new to the show, it's just a quick segment uh, where we and generally James, has scoured Twitter for a fascinating, clever, biting, intellectually stimulating uh, piece of commentary from either an athlete or coach or some other sports figure, preferably but not exclusively, uh, to Northern Michigan. Um, hopefully Northern Michigan's finest. Hopefully, yeah. I think there was one, one week where we had to jump outside the box a little bit, but that's okay. That was just you because know? we saw something really Not good. everybody's Twitter game can be perpetually strong could be 100 yeah but uh, I can't but believe I just said that James went up to Petoskey <sighs> via his digits what do we got this week uh, well I, we've got from uh, we got Jansen Byers Petoskey pitcher who threw a 4 to nothing shutout against Escanaba in the district final and then afterwards did he throw some shade did he throw some shade tell me he threw uh, some shade a little sort of uh, afterwards, he tweeted out, Escanaba's baseball team was chirping at me for having crosses on my face and saying, I bet you don't even go to church. Little did they know, my dad's a pastor. Right. Got him! Hashtag district champs. <laughs> <laughs> so that was a little shade. The hashtag um, was a little shade, I think. Yeah, yeah. No, that's good. There's a, that's a little bit of that bite that I was talking about. It's wholesome as well, though. Was, yeah. No, no disrespect there. Well, maybe a, maybe from the Escanaba players, but... Well, right, but not in the tweet itself. No, no. Thanks for thanks for enduring and sharing your experiences with us. That's Jansen Byers. You can find him on Twitter at Jansen Byers. That's J A N S S E N B Y E R S. Oh, you you forgot to include the emphatic emoji where he's blowing steam out of his nose. That also included in the tweet. Oh yeah, he gets bonus points for using that. Is that That's actually one of my favorite emojis. Is that considered emphatic? Is that what that is? Yeah. It's like you're steamed. I just thought, like, pissed off. I guess that's what the red one is. Time for the Get Around Hall of Fame. And uh, I think two nominees are pretty clear in Frankfurt's Tara Townsend, state champion in the pole vault, and East Jordan's Maggie Stevenson, state champion in the shot put. We got one more, though. We, we will put up one more. I don't like his or her odds terribly much, 
but certainly worthy of recognition today. James, who, who you got? Their odds. Okay, their the, odds. It'd be uh, Traverse City, St. Francis, number two doubles flight, A.J. Flannery and Mary Mobby. Um, they were unseated going into the state finals. That's uh, incredible. Which, yeah. and the, So they won a f- first-round match against Frankenmuth. They breezed through that one, 6-2, 6-1. Then they played the number two seed in the state, Royal Oak Shrine, and won 6-0, 6-0 against the number two seed in the state. Then they draw the number three seed in the state from Grant. And they beat them in three sets. And then finally they lost to the state champions in the championship match, 6-2, 6-1, to Bloomfield Hills Sacred Heart. Maybe I'm living in my own little world here, but I just feel like come tournament time for tennis, you never see a lower or non-seeded team win before the semifinals. Yeah, it, well, just, it just doesn't happen. Yeah, I was talking to Kristen Hoffman, the coach at St. Francis, and she was saying that the reason why they weren't able to get them seeded is because they hadn't played enough matches this season. I don't know if it's because of rainouts or they hadn't played enough games together, but they hadn't played enough matches to be seeded. So that's sleepers. Like, so yep, but still, man, going state through the two and three seed, yeah. get state runner up. That's pretty impressive. Is that our 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 highest earning tennis duo, or even just tennis players in the spring this or this year? Yeah, we had three other flights and then various uh, state in the semifinals. As much as I very much love that performance, I feel like this podcast has set precedent. In the past, that when we have state champs, state champs, and state champs only get in, and they all get in. So agreed. I don't, I don't think we need a vote today. No. Congratulations, Tara Townsend, Maggie Stevenson. You are the latest inductees into the Get Around Podcast Hall of Fame, the most exclusive club in Northern Michigan. Time to add another piece of hardware to your shelf. I mean, the the, the club, man. The the Get Around Podcast Hall of Fame is definitely a more valuable and meaningful piece of hardware than a state championship trophy. Although you'll never get a medal or a trophy or even so much as a plaque of the mail. We talked about doing printed off certificates at one point, and then that just didn't happen. Well, do you really need to know that you're in the club if you're in the club? It's almost like Fight Club. Uh, it's mm-hmm. we don't need to recognize. That's the reason we didn't do it. Because mm-hmm. the bouncer you know just knows. The, club. the yeah. bouncer just knows. Yeah. To just part the the velvet rope. Yeah, you don't have to just say opens. anything. It's sort of like uh, Brendan's going to love this, but I'm going to liken it to uh, the John Wick movies. It's sort of like belonging to the Continental. You walk in, and everybody just knows who you are. Yep. Nothing That's else, what comes nothing with else it. needs to be said. There's always a room waiting for you. For all those athletes who have not yet been inducted, that is what comes with this. The, the, the fruits of your labor will, Power be, un- and prestige. Bou- will be bountiful and unlimited. Power and prestige. Mm-hmm. You can walk in the Record Eagle offices whenever you want. That's, that's, not, <laughs> that's can, not true. That's also not true. There's like three doors. Can, I was going to say, you can come in the lobby, but a, you ain't going to yeah. get in the back. <laughs> there's like three locked doors and a labyrinth and a key code and... Eight layers of lava that you have to get through to get in the building. So, but I mean, flash your flash your flash your flash your get around Hall of Fame card, and somebody will give you a high five around here at least. But we don't give those out because you don't need one. You're right. Because you know who's in the club. This is starting to get a little little (laughs) convoluted. If you know, you know. That's what we can leave. That's what we can leave it at. If you know, you know. All right, and we'll close out the show with the trifecta. And as I mentioned, the scripts. Spelling bee uh, happened over this last week, and in unprecedented fashion, eight winners were crowned, and they didn't even have to share the $50,000 prize. Scripps was just like, eh, we'll give each of you the $50,000 grand prize. Well, that, 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 at least that happened. I mean, don't get me wrong, that, if you're them, that's awesome. But uh, the, So the point of this trifecta is, and I mean, these kids are what, like, 10 to... I think it's 4 to 6th grade. Is it, okay, 3rd to 6th grade. Yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah. I mean, do you have a problem with that? With them winning 50K? Yeah, I need that money. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm uh, a problem with 8 winners. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't... I understand with time or whatever. I, I mean, I don't think that you have to necessarily would have to keep on televising it if you couldn't do it and you're like, oh, we're going to cut it off, but... I think you should go until somebody's a winner. I mean, maybe, maybe. You don't two? think there needs to be a pitch count? Like, you know, these kids should, they could mentally fatigue 
if they that's need, what happens. They, they need to spe- spell too many words, but I mean to their detriment, to where they be. Yeah, know, if, if, their if, minds would be injured. That, that doesn't that doesn't happen. <laughs> that, that, no, that just turns into like survival of the fittest at this national script spelling bee. There's kids passing out on stage. The stage lights get too hot after seven hours of overtime spelling. I don't know. I personally, I, 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 I don't. There's, I don't. I've, there's not such thing as eight winners for anything. But I brought up this point to you guys earlier. I mean, we have a state championship pole vaulter in here. If somebody, if there was eight people in the same division who all had the same pole vaulter, the same high jump, and the same amount of attempts, they would all win a state championship. So I mean, there's obviously ways that it happens. But I don't know if the the way in which that is different though is that you have maxed out your attempts. Yeah. Everybody hit that height. Nobody could go any higher, and they did it in the same manner. So how do you distinguish? Whereas the spelling bee, they all spelled different words. Um, all got them right. All got them right. Ridiculous so, words. So, I, I mean, they went, what, seven or eight extra rounds? Yeah, so that's the one thing. I'm having a hard time judging this a little bit because I know I sure as hell couldn't spell any of the words that they spelled. But I just, there's just something that gnaws at me about naming eight winners in something where had you kept going, obviously I was being facetious about the but somebody extreme, lost. extreme mental fatigue, that yes, eventually someone would have lost. Well, everybody but one would have lost. That's just how it works. But then again, don't they, don't, they don't, do they get, when it gets down to that point, do they give like all the kids, like does everybody get to spell a word and then like they'll eliminate them from there or is it still just like in order? So like if you're like the last one to spell and everybody else got it wrong, all you gotta do is spell that one word right and then you're good or is it like... No, I think that's how that would play out. Yeah, well, I don't know. I, I would say... With eight of them still going, though, it probably would have went on a lot longer. That's 40 words. I mean, in they did seven or, eight bonus, or seven or eight extra rounds, yeah, so and nobody, talking, nobody got a word wrong. You're just talking about 60, like, god-awfully-looking and sounding and spelt words, and they got them all right. Yeah, I'm not yeah. going to make the audience listen to you try to pronounce some of the words that they spelled that we had to hear you pronounce <laughs> off the Country air. of origin? How is that helpful? Because, like... I know, I know. It just wouldn't be helpful to me. No. <laughs> Could you use it in a sentence? All I hear is the same really messed up word in a different way. Now, now it doesn't sound any different. It sounds all different once you say it in a sentence. I should never, I should never be the judge at a spelling bee contest because I'd be like, can you use that in a sentence? And I'd be like, yeah, you're going to spell blah, 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 blah wrong right now. <laughs> at least all the kids got paid. Isn't that what they went there for? Yeah. I don't see any reason to freak out about it. I mean, it, I mean, I get it because it's TV. They can't just go yeah. on ad nauseum because it's televised. All right, then just and chop it off and so, let the kids go. And then everybody be like, "Hey, and, what and the I'm hell? and I'm It'd not be like turning like like when they changed the one NFL game to Heidi." Yeah, and I'm I'm not going to freak out about it either because they did spell a bunch of extra words. Nobody got them wrong, and they were performing at an. Yeah. Incredibly high level. They all but showed themselves worthy. But I, I so so right because they showed themselves worthy. I don't think it quite goes to the point of yay participation trophies for everyone. I don't think that's what they no, got. I don't think there so was five hundred and thirty something other people. Yeah. That said, I yeah. I do wish they would have pushed it a little further, maybe to four try, or something, to, to see if they could get somebody. But I'm sure there were. I'm sure it even goes beyond simply. Okay, our time slot ends. You've got, you know, sponsors yeah. and uh, promoters and whatever that you have to worry about, and yeah, all everything's contractually obligated at that point. But I, I think it is all the spellers' faults. <laughs> I think yeah. they'll be okay with that. No, but I, I was just like we were looking, at, we were looking at this, and I looked it up right before the New York they Times. Could have just been worse. The new, yeah, well, we the New York Times, the New York Times ran this thing where I guess like. You have to be so smart. Well, no, it's like 60, 60 or seventy percent of the contestants were like clients of this like new like super spelling programming that like old national spelling bee champions made hmm. that basically has it's like training. Yeah, but it's it basically has all those all the words that would ever be used in competition, and that's what they study. But there's a whole different way. They have different ways to do it. But I guess all eight of the winners who won were using that software in the last year, so. Who knows? Maybe they... Yeah, but again, so what? I mean, you train to do anything you decide to compete in. Like, yeah. oh, no, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that. They still had to know how to spell it. I don't care I'm if just it's saying, because I think that they might memorized be, that it might or be why, I'm, I'm just saying I think that might be why it happened, because there's a new, hmm. new, way, new, more efficient way for these kids all to study the words that they need to study instead of literally just reading a dictionary back and forth or 
trying to pick words out from here or there. That's fair. You know, they, they all were prepared the same way. They were all prepared to a very high level, and it showed. So, mm-hmm. Well, and to put it in a different way, we have 10 football state champions in Michigan alone, and this is a national thing. Yeah, it's fair. I want all of you to tweet us about the show, what you think, what you like, share a gif, a gif, whatever or, you want to call it. Call it. The worst word call you it. The worst word College you've ever hockey? seen. College hockey. The worst word you've ever seen. What or just what word did you go out on when you participated in a spelling bee? Because I know we've all done them back in the day, you know, your classroom wide spelling bees. What'd you go out on? Let us know. And since Harrison Beebe will probably be the only one to answer. Shout out to him. Yeah. Because <laughs> I don't think we I, have yet. That's the, that's the tweet I know I can look forward to. Prove me wrong, Audible viewers. Yeah. Tweet us. He'll probably be the only one. Maybe. Maybe. It could have happened. I can't believe we got that in. One other short order business to take care of, and that's to get you fed. Get Chris, you fed. Christy Lynn Collins, we are going to send you two Jimmy John's sandwich vouchers in the mail. Uh, if you can get us your address, I think James will reach out to you via social media. We'll try to get that out to you. Kellyanne Matthews, if you're listening, I promise I'm still sending you your vouchers, even though I got your address like a month ago and you still haven't gotten them. They're on my desk. <laughs> but I promise they're coming. This has been episode 84 of the Get Around Podcast. Thanks and have a good one.